tuning in to our Neighborhood Church podcast. Join us on Sunday at any of our locations. To learn more about our church, visit neighborhoodchurch.com or download our church app. Well, thank you for being with us today. My name is Mike, one of the pastors here, and what a fun Easter week we had here at Neighborhood Church. Uh, We saw people come to faith. Uh, We saw uh, God inspire them in faith. Uh, People learn more about who Jesus is and what he has done for us. Tons of people visited our many gatherings. And if you have come back from that, welcome back. Um, We're glad that you're here. One comment that summed it up for me was a person, I think it was either after Friday's Good Friday service or Easter Sunday, they came and said, Pastor Mike, I, I... God just seems, God and Jesus just seem way bigger than I thought. And I said, so true. And there is always more to know about God. I love how King David said this in Psalms 145 verses 1 to 3. He said this, I will extol you, my God and my King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. Uh, David sings out how great God is. God is extolled. That word means lifted up and shown off and told of. That God is blessed means he's adored and celebrated. God is praised means his worth is expressed. Uh, For God is great, meaning huge, larger, bigger, greater than the power of the waves, greater than the grandeur of the mountains, greater than the expanse of heaven, greater than the brilliance of the sun, greater than we can imagine. Actually, his greatness is unsearchable. Now that means, that word doesn't mean you can't figure it out. It means there's no end to the searching of God. There's no end to the discovery of how great God is. That well has no bottom. And it's kind of like, a little bit like my um, discovery in the world of coffee. So how many of you, your favorite hot beverage was some form of coffee? Yeah, good, many of you. How many of you, if it's, it's uh, tea or something else? Yeah, a few of you, that's, 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 that's wonderful. I mean, those coffee drinkers, I get you now. Uh, those tea drinkers, I'm still there. Uh, See, I didn't grow up uh, learning to enjoy coffee. I actually was an anti-coffee person. If you were drinking coffee, I went, oh, that's good for you. I said, you know, I can take dirt straight through a sock and think it's great too. <laughs> I preferred tea. But just a few years ago, I finally set my heart uh, to give it another try. And actually, my heart was changed, and I actually enjoy coffee now. It tastes great. You know, people say, welcome to the fold, Mike. Uh, yeah. What, what was that? Trader. Oh, no. Oh, no. I still love good tea. Mm, there's nothing like it. Nice chai, latte, hot chocolate. All of those are awesome. But, but, oh, my. There is a whole seemingly unsearchable world of coffee. There's all kinds of different beans out there. There's all kinds of different ways to roast it, to drip it. There's this thing called pour over. I went out to coffee with my son. 
And he's, he was having to pour over. And I go, what, what is that? He goes, well, you pour the water over the coffee. Wow. <laughs> I'm not sure if it tasted different, but it still was great. There's lattes and decaf. What's your favorite, right? Grande, decaf, mocha, latte, macchiato. There's all kinds of names. I'm learning all of those. And you can't get enough. There seems to be a Starbucks or coffee store on every corner. Well, way beyond the coffee world is who God is. Father, Son, we know to be Jesus, the Holy Spirit. There's so much more to know, and we can't get enough of him. For God is bigger than we think. Unfortunately, we can see God like I used to view coffee. (laughs) Not worth the effort. Maybe a little bitter or something for others, not, not for me. But, but God is, is worth the effort of knowing him. His ways are good, good for us. And we all were designed to connect to him, to live life his way. And God is bigger than we think. And the Bible book of Psalms uh, can expand our understanding of God because our view of God matters. See, if we're unsure of God or see him limited or small or not as powerful as life's pressures and struggles, we can easily move into despair or that lonely state of self-dependency. Yet if if we see God as all-powerful, all-knowing, almighty, sovereign, and not bound by anything or anyone, we can find peace and comfort and love and, and so much more, because you see, God's character is sure. His power is greater. His wisdom is endless, and God is bigger than we think. Knowing him is a key to life. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 puts it this way. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. Knowledge of God, therefore, is key to life and living life God's way. And the Bible book of Psalms gives us an intimate view of God that can help us grow and expand our grasp and our understanding. Now, Joshua and Josh were up here talking that we'll be looking at, the, at book five of Psalms because Psalms is divided into five different books. And, and each book has its kind of own flavor. And, and, and uh, uh, Psalms, uh, book five is Psalms chapter 107 to chapter 150, and really focuses on living life with and among this awesome, amazing, incredible God. Now this morning, we're gonna start with the longest Psalm, actually the longest chapter in the Bible, Psalm 119, so strap in. Some of you know that Psalm, it's got like a bazillion verses on it. We're going to go right straight through. (laughs) No, just kidding. We're only going to look at the first 16 verses. Um, And each week we're going to read a portion of that psalm as part of our worship time together. Now, all of Psalm 119 is about God's word. Being as Psalm 119, 105 says, that God's word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It illuminates who God is and the way he desires for us to go. And in Psalm 119, verses one to 16, which is what we're gonna be looking at this morning, 
we find three key insights to knowing God and to living life his way. For a thriving life searches to know God more and aligns life his way. So why don't you stand with me and before we launch into this this morning, and I'm excited you're here because I know that God has something for you. And I believe that God's gonna help expand your understanding of God. I know he has already with mine and I know he will with you as well as we spend this time together in his word. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your tremendous word. It truly is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our way and it illuminates you. And so God, I'm praying this morning that as we launch into this time in your word this morning, God, that you will use it to help shine the light on some maybe some areas of you or some ways you want us to live or actions you want us to take that help us know you more. So bless this time, we pray in the name of Jesus, amen. You can have a seat and I encourage you that those of you who are here in person, take out your outline. Uh, it's uh, inside your worship folder. If you notice, uh, if you're online, you can scan the QR code. It might be coming up here or you can look on our website. This outline is there or just take a piece of paper and you'll see that. But if you're here, you notice it's, we usually do fill in the blanks here and there's a lot of blanks to fill in. You're going, oh my goodness, how am I gonna get through this? You will. Uh, today we're gonna, so get ready, get those pens and pencils ready. You're gonna wanna write this stuff down. If you miss some of those things, I wanna encourage you to pick up our study guide that's at the outside these double doors and to your left, there's a resource table there. If you're online, uh, this is available online on our website under the revive section. You see, the, the idea behind this is that you would take what you gained this morning and look at it throughout the week and use this as a launch pad for your own personal study and, and uh, look into the study guide, uh, walk through these. We have a revived section on our website to help you kind of, with, we have a lot of resources. There's a great video that will be there about an overview of the Bible book of Psalms and book five. And I encourage you to hit that. There's also a connection uh, link to our, webs, our um, podcast that we'll be doing each week and delve di- deeper into these things. But I hope you take advantage of that. Now, one of the amazing elements of Psalm 119 is that it's an alphabetic acrostic psalm. Now, what that means is that it is divided into 22 segments of the Hebrew alphabet, Aleph, Beit, Gimel, Dalet, and all the way through the Hebrew alphabet. And each one of those couplets is about eight verses each uh, that starts with that letter. Each of the stanzas of that, those verses start with that letter. So Aleph, the first eight verses, that segment, all of the stanzas start with an A, Aleph. Bait, B, it starts with a B, and it goes all the way through uh, the 22 letters of the alphabet. It's an incredible, literary, uh, amazing arrangement. But because of that, uh, the, uh, the subject matter is a little bit jumbled around because they wanted to get, you know, I need to find a word that starts with A. So they started that with the sentence. And, but there's all kinds of... Uh, uh, elements that rise to the surface, key elements as you delve into this writing. And so these first two segments, Aleph and Beit, first 16 verses, three key insights to knowing God and living life God's way are brought out, encouraging us with the truth. A thriving life searches to know God and aligns life his way. You understand the structure? Yes? I can see you nodding online, that's good. The first of these three key elements is know who God is. Now, I hope you have your uh, Bible already open to Psalm 119. Psalms is in the, about the middle of your Bible. Psalm 119 is towards the end of that. 
Um, we've already had the scripture read to us, so I'll be hitting different verses at different time and reading most of them anyways. But if you look at, at the, the first of these key elements to help us search God and to know him that we can align life his way is, is to know who God is. Uh, just jump down to verse 15 of Psalm 119. It says this, I will meditate on your precepts and fix your eyes on your ways. The, the word ways means path or way we should follow. It says God is one who has a plan and a path for us to follow. Psalm 25 verse four puts it this way. Make me known to your ways, O Lord, and teach me your paths. Some of you know the verse Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. God has a plan, a path. Because of that, it means he has order. It means, and it points to his sovereignty. God is sovereign, meaning nothing in this universe occurs without his knowledge or permission or outside of his ways. God's sovereignty is, the nature, is a natural consequence of God's character. Let me just point out three of those things. God is all-knowing. It means he's omniscient. 1 John 3, verse 20 says, for, wherever our heart con- for whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. He knows everything. Do you know what the, the uh, Greek word everything there means? Everything. There's nothing that God does not know. He knows all there is to know about anything and everything. And in other words, he knows you. He knows everything about you. And you can rest assured that God's uh, omniscience hits you as well as a person. So there's nothing that can go on in our life that God doesn't know about us. That should be a comfort. Or maybe like, oh, he really does know? Yes, he does. God is also all-powerful. He's sovereign and he's omniscient. He's sovereign and he's all-powerful. A word for that is omnipotent. Job 42.2, I know that you can do all things. This is Job talking to God. And that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. God is all-powerful. There's not a single energy force or force in the universe or in all of existence that is not less powerful than God. God is more powerful than all things. There's nothing that, in a sense, that can overpower God. There's no issue or problem or struggle or tragedy that happens in life that God is not more powerful in. He is omnipotent. God is also personally present everywhere at once. That one's a little harder for us to get. He's omnipresent. Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. That God is always there. He said many times, I will never leave you or forsake you because God is personally present with each one of us everywhere all at once. In his sovereignty, God sets up his kingdom, his omnipotence, his omniscience, his omnipresence, his sovereignty, he sets up his kingdom, his way of life. It's a way we can choose or not because God has given us a free will. And the reason that God has given us a free will is that he loves us. See, love means that he's given us a free will, that we have a freedom to choose. And so we have, we can choose God's way or not. Uh, The best way to go is to choose God's way 
and, and, and the relationship, in this relationship, this connection with God, he gives us guides that not only help us on this path, this way, this culture of his kingdom, but it reveals much of himself. For God is bigger than we think. And all through Psalm 119, and really in these first 16 verses, God reveals a bit about who he is in the guides that he gives us. There are seven. So those are the blanks there. Get ready to write them down. Woohoo! here we go. Uh, these are seven guides that God gives us to help us uh, live in his kingdom if we so choose. Verse one, blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. That's the Hebrew word Torah, T-O-R-A-H. Those are the laws God's established. And what we learn about this is that God does instruct. He has instructions. Actually, he's given us a huge instruction manual in life in our Bibles. Whether it's electronic or paper, they're all the same. There's an instruction manual. God has a way, a, a will, and all those things. We'll talk about those in a moment, but he, God instructs us. We have the choice to follow that instructions or not. I don't know if any of you are like me. You get the Ikea furniture, you look at it, you take the instructions, you simply throw them away, and you begin to do them on your own. I can do this. I can handle life. I can make it. I mean, come on. But yet God says, no, I want to help you. Here are my instructions. God cares enough about us to give us instructions. He doesn't just throw us in the world and go, okay, have fun. Hope you can make it. No, he gives us instructions. He wants us to get the most out of life. Not only that, there are his testimonies. These are found in two verses. Verse two, blessed are those who keep his testimonies. Uh, and verse 14 as well, in, your way, in the way of your testimonies, I delight. Testimonies are what God testifies to be his will. God, therefore, has a will. That's the one thing we can learn about God, that he has a will. He has a desire for us. See, when God looks at you and me, according to Psalm 139, he goes, man, I made something good looking. Look at the person next to you and go, wow, you're good looking. Don't take it any farther than that. <laughs> but you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And God, in that, has a desire for you. He manufactured, knits you together, it says, to follow his path. And sure, it's a broad path, and sometimes it narrows, but he, and he has a desire for you, to, for you to thrive in life. Jesus said in John 10, 10, that he came that you might have an abundant life. That's a thriving life. God has a will for us. Not only that, does he provide Torah and testimonies? He provide precepts. Verse four, you have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Verse 15, I will meditate on your precepts. Precepts are what God has appointed to be done. It's God's procedures, ways to do what he asks us to do. Here's your instructions, but I want you to do it this way. He has precepts for us because it brings out the best for us. 
Not only that, he has statutes. This is the most one used in this couplet of verses that we're looking at from 1 to verse 16. Verse 5, it says that, Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Verse 8, I will keep your statutes. Verse 12, blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. Verse 16, I will delight in your statutes. Statutes are what God has laid down to be followed. They're God's customs. Anybody ever traveled to a foreign country? They have customs. Not not the customs you travel through, but they have customs in that culture. And those things are set down because they are uh, enjoyed by all, they're shared by all, so that we could all be together and there's unity and the customs are usually good and helpful for the, the culture. In the same way, God has those procedures, uh, the, uh, excuse me, those customs that he wants us to follow. And he wants us to abide by those. There's also commandments. Those are pretty easy for us. Verse six then I shall not be put to shame. I have fixed, or my eyes have fixed on you, all your commandments. Verse 10, with my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. Commandments are what God commands us to be done. God has stipulations and terms, things that we are to do and things that we're not to do. And therefore our good. You know, raising kids, now grandkids and helping out, there's things, you know, nails don't stick that uh, pen in the socket of the electrical socket there because I want the best for him. And others, we we say things, no, do this because it's healthy for you. It's good for you. God has commands. There's also rules. Verse seven, I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. Verse 13, with my lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth. God, what God as judge has ruled to be right. God has a way. He has a way for us to go. He has, and he's, and he's created rules in that way. Just like when you drive, there are rules to follow so that we all can survive. <laughs> Stop signs, uh, yield signs, all those kind of things. They're rules for us to follow. God has a way. Lastly, last of the seven, is God, one of the God's guides he's given us is his word. Verse nine, how can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word? Verse 11, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Verse 16, I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. The word is what God has spoken. God has a truth and a reality based on him and his way, on his his instructions, his will, his procedures, his customs, his stipulations, his way. All of that, God has spoken that. And we have much of it written down in his revelation, the Bible that we hold. And 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, all scripture is God-breathed for correction, for reproof, for training in righteousness that we can be these wonderful followers of God. That's all of part of who God is. 
and he is worthy to know and respond to. We are to know him for a thriving life searches to know God more and align life his way. To know God is a choice, just like my choice to try and delight in coffee. We can set our hearts to delight in God. Look at verse 14. In your way, in in the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in riches. To delight is to take a high decree of pleasure in. It's a choice. It's a heart choice. Psalms 119 verse 11, we read it just a minute ago. I have stored up your word in my heart. The heart being the core of our being, that central part of, of life into us. It's saying that right at the core of who we are, that we're gonna put God in the center, that he will be the one who is the leader. He's the one who will be Lord. He's the one that will be boss and guide and coach in our life to follow his instructions, his will, his procedures, his customs, his stipulations, his way, his truth. Our heart is set that way and not just part of our heart, but look at verse two. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies and seek him with their whole heart. The same with verse 10. With my whole heart, I seek you. Not part, but all of it. What would it look like if we would give over the whole heart to God? His instructions, his will, his procedures, his customs, his stipulations, his way, his truth. What would that look like for you? And we're to, it, it not just, it, it's, it's the righteous heart. Verse seven, it says, I will praise you with an upright heart. That's a righteous heart, a heart set on God's will and God's way. Not, not our image of God, but discovering the right view of God himself right from his word. To understand of that, that because our heart is important. Proverbs 4.23 puts it this way, keep, or the word actually literally is guard. Guard your heart with all vigilance for from it, flows the springs of life. And the reason we got our heart is because as, as Jeremiah 17, nine says, the heart is desperately wicked. And that's the, the unfortunate reality of our humanness. We were born with a heart that's not automatically going towards God. It actually goes the opposite direction. And that's why Jesus came and, and went to the cross to be able to give us the cure for our messed up heart. And because of him, when we come to that place where we understand, where we know that we're sinful, a sinful heart that's not set towards God, and we understand that Jesus came to be the cure to that heart, and we believe in him, receive him, accept that, our heart is beginning to be transformed. Yes, all at once, but now it's being lived out as we move forward in life. Jesus came to transform our heart. And if you're not sure where you stand with that, I encourage you to keep investigating Jesus. Well, I would love to chat with you, any of our staff, and, and, and encourage you in that. Let us know. It's letting Father God, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit work on our heart. It's, a, it's the willingness, like the author of this psalm, the setting, choosing to let God change them from the inside out. Where a thriving life searches to know God more and aligns life, our hearts, God's way.
Here's how. It is to take action to live life God's way. Verse one says, blessed are those whose way is blameless, whose walk, who walk in the law of the Lord. That word walk is an action word. And actually in these 16 verses, there are eight action words. Get ready, write them down. Here they are. I won't go through all the verses because we've read most of them. Uh, But yes, we're to walk. The word walk is a choice to live, to behave in a specific manner, to follow God's instructions. It's not that we kind of just sit there and go, okay, woo, I'm saved. And then just stand there. Actually, we're supposed to walk in faith. That means to take the initiative on our own to begin to learn more and grow more and understand about God. And we do that coming to church. You're doing that right now. Whether here or online, you're doing that right now. Getting involved in a life group, being involved in service. You're taking the initiative to learn more and to practice faith. We're to walk. We're also to keep. Verse 2 and 4 and 5 talk about this. It's a choice to practice and protect God's will. That when God says for us to do something, we actually go, oh, that's what we should do. When it says, love your neighbor, that means we actually try to take some actions and we keep at that. We practice that. When it says don't do something, we protect God's will in our life and don't do that thing. We keep God's will. Not only that, we seek. Verse two and 10 talk about that. It's a choice to care, to investigate who God is and his will. It means that we don't just, hopefully somehow it kind of boom hits us and we get injected with the knowledge of God. We actually seek it out. It's an action. We walk, we keep, we seek. Next, we, we have eyes fixed. Verse six and 15. It's a choice to give attention to God's stipulations, God's terms, and to do them. Not what we think is best, but what God says is best. We fix our eyes or we have eyes fixed. We walk, we keep, we seek, we fix our eyes. Next, we treasure. It's coming from verse 11. I've stored up, some of your verses say stored up. The actually literal word means I have treasured your word in my heart. It's a choice to value God's word and to store it up. This is where we get the practice of memorizing God's word. Thy word have I treasured, hid in my heart, that it might not sin against you. You know, you can't expect the Holy Spirit to guide you for something that you haven't taken in yet into your hard drive. So get God's word into you and work it into your heart. Memorizing is a way. What, what verses, you know, our kids are memorizing verses each week. What about you? Maybe you could memorize some verses too. Next, we're to meditate, verse 15. It's a choice to ponder, to think about, to reflect deeply on God's procedures and God's way of doing things, to actually engage our mind, to think about that. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, he's asked me to do that. Mm, Yeah, that word meditate is an interesting word because it literally is, ah, that's the word. Ah, it's that scent. Wow, ah. Starts with an olive. Uh, And then we're to delight, verse 14 and 16. It's a choice to like God and his way or his customs. 
you actually can choose what you delight in. It was not much of a choice for me. On Easter Sunday, (laughs) I got to hold our precious new grandchild, little Jonah Catherine. Yes, and it was instant delight. My eyes welled up with tears and I just think, oh my gosh, how beautiful. But it's still a choice. God looks at us and delights in us. Why not delight in him? It's a choice to like God and his way and his customs. And lastly, to not forget, we're to walk, to keep, to have eyes fixed, to treasure, to meditate, delight, and then lastly, not forget, verse 16, I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. To not forget is a choice to not neglect, to not neglect God's truth, to let it soak in and, and be there for us. All these are actions we can take to live life God's way. Some, and some we're doing great. You probably look through the list, okay, I'm doing that, I'm doing that, I'm doing that. And there's a few going, hmm, man, I could use some help in that. Maybe there's more of that than there is of those ones who are doing well in whatever. What, could, what, what of these could you take on this week? See, a thriving life searches to know God and align life, our actions, his way. Now, whatever our tastes, be it coffee or tea or whatever, we have fostered that for it to become our favorite. God deserves to be favorite. Life is better with God as favorite. And there is so much we can know about God for God is way bigger than we think. So let's know who God is. Let's set our hearts to delight in God. Let's take actions to live life God's way for a thriving life searches to know God more and aligns life, our heart and our actions, his way. Will you pray with me? Father God, uh, uh, you have provided so much for us in life. You've given us your will, your way. Uh, You've given us these customs, all of these things. And then, God, you ask of us to take action in so many different ways, to take the initiative to live life your way, to seeking to do all we can to take that one step. And you will guide us along the way, even sometimes giving us the energy to do so. Lord, help us. Help us as we seek to love you more, as we seek to live life your way, and as we seek to know you in the expanse of how you are. And we, Lord, we know it's unsearchable. But help us just for, the, for what we can know to get a grasp of you. That we see how awesome and amazing and incredible and wonderful and beautiful and humongous you are. Lord, may that settle our soul as we seek to live this crazy life you have for us. Bless us as we worship you as we live a life that expresses how much you are our favorite. Bless us in that, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.